0: The following can display content of emotional abuse, emotional distress, relationship violence, and foul language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, this is Juliana Paselli, and today you're listening to Inside the Romantic World of the Dark Triad. Um, today, I have one of I have a guest with me, um, one of my great friends that I've known for a very long time, uh, who has. A great of a, a great deal of experience with this subject and so um I'll be giving a quick synopsis of what encompasses the dark triad and um essentially the dynamic of my friend Alex her relationships and um what each partner prominently um I guess uh imposed into their relationship so essentially the dark triad um you know it's a reference to three types of personality um, profiles. They all are known for, you know, spelling trouble in relationships. Uh, the three personality traits encompass psychopathy, Machiavellianism, and narcissism. Uh, these, um, these three personality, personality types tend to run together, hence the name, The Dark Triad. Um, Machiavellianism is probably the least it's the it's the outlier of the three essentially so usually site um people dealing with psychopathy usually um you know have stronger tendencies of narcissism and vice versa with narcissism and psychopathy those two tend to be intertwined a little bit more um Machiavellianism is I think the most interesting trait out of all three because it's typically the most subtle um it's you know uh it's basically, um, people with this trait, they're very strategic in their relationships, um, associating with people they can use to get more social status, wealth, or just things in general for their own gain. Um, I find this trait to be the reason why I find this trait to be the most um, interesting is because I feel that this characteristic is, you know, it's something that's not exactly easily spotted. Um, I feel like, it can be very rare for someone to be Machiavellian versus just manipulative, because there is a there's there's a very big difference, um, and so the term um, you know psychopath we often think of, you know people who act on or, or you know um, create these heinous crimes of you know murdering people and you know kidnapping things like that, but um, people who kind of uh possess just a high level of psychopathy they really just encompass a level of low empathy for others and they're very they're very just callous in their um personhood they're very apathetic um they can be impulsive um recklessly spontaneous uh things that are just they're uh they don't have very uh they don't they just don't there's not very well equipped with control over their actions and so you know when you think of uh, or psychopaths they tend to kind of think in terms of very black and white so if they are if someone kind of you know does them dirty They can say, you know, payback needs to be quick and nasty. They're just very impulsive thought processes and very, um, again, they just, they lack empathy. And so they lack the ability to see things from the other side. Um, Narcissism is similar in that way. However, they will not inherently act out as someone dealing with a high level of psychopathy would. Narcissism, they have an inflated self sense of self importance. And so they care about their image. And so they're not just going to do things that will make them look, you know, quote unquote, ugly, or, um, you know, just make them have a, a bad, just a bad, you know, image in society. And so um, it's it's also some, but it, however, it is more than just vanity. Um, they feel much more entitled to things such as prestige and high status, which, you know, this can kind of encompass the Machiavellianism with the desire for status um and you know they feel again like a entitlement to prestige and um again just admiration so they they think very highly of themselves and um you know if a group of people are hanging out without them one of their first thoughts will just be you know group activities are boring without me like they just, they just somehow just know it. And so, um, again, the, when you have, when you're dealing with someone with the dark triad, uh, these can get, again, like you can just, it it can just be really, uh, really ugly and it can be very tumultuous. And a lot of the time, many people won't even know. A lot of people will just think, oh, you know, um, this is just how they are, or this is just, um, you know, normal, how this person functions, if this individual is especially used to chaos. Um, and a lot of people with these underlying characteristic traits can prey upon, you know, quote unquote, not necessarily weaker, but people who are more susceptible. With this being said, um, we can sort of transition over just to the interview part with, um, One of my best friends, Alex Crick, she has, again, a plethora of experience with uh, dark triad traits in her romantic relationships. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, questioning her. So, um, Alex, uh, you can, you know, for the sake of the viewer, um, just what is your gender?
1: Oh, I'm a female.
0: Okay, and then this relationship with this individual, was it um, was it heterosexual, same-sex, or um, was it monogamous, polyamorous, or kind of what was it?
1: Um, with Dylan, it was a heterosexual, uh, monogamous relationship.
0: Okay, and then how long was the relationship, uh, from dating up until breaking up?
1: It was three years.
0: Three years, okay. Um, and within this relationship uh kind of you can ex- kind of maybe touch on the roles within the two so in regards to dominance and um I guess communication tactics what did that kind of look like for the two of you so
1: he was more of the dominant one he decided what we were going to be doing who are we going to be hanging out with um basically limiting me to my friends, so I couldn't just say, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with Juliana, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with Bella or Sarah. I would have to ask him to make sure it was okay, and most of the time he would say no. So it was basically just me and him, and whenever he wanted to hang out with his friends, it was fine. But I couldn't go hang out with my friends. Um, He made the decisions on a lot of things, like if we were gonna go on a vacation if we were going to go fishing, if we were going to go do anything, he would be the one to decide. And, oh, well, you can go see your grandma today because I'm busy. You can go see your family today because I have things to do. Things like that.
0: Okay, so this individual um, is, you know, very possessive in, you know, for the sake of their image. So um, for the image of the relationship as well. So this this definitely strikes me as a, a narcissistic, uh, I guess, storm of a sort of attachment. Um, and so throughout your guys' relationship, how, how did Dylan talk to you during a time of conflict?
1: Uh, it got physical. Honestly, he got really loud and then he would go really quiet and just belittle me, um, put his hands on me, shake me, and talk really calmly while he was shaking me. And he would just do, like, things now that I see are abusive, obviously, but during a relationship I thought was normal. Um, He wouldn't raise his voice to me in public if we had a conflict, but he would, like, grab my arm, pinch my arm, pull me in closer to him, things like that.
0: Okay, so the public, the in-public conflict also seems very image-based, but the, you know, getting loud and being quiet, that definitely is a form of manipulation in order to, you know, seek appeal of your emotions. Absolutely. And so I definitely believe that, you know, whether or not this individual has, um, you know, Machiavellian traits, um, that's that's a start, um. What was Dylan's relationship like with his family, with his parents specifically? Oh my
1: gosh! I definitely think he had the Machiavellian trait because his mom was a woman who always had beautiful, expensive Mercedes, um, Bentleys, Ferraris. Just very, very flashy. Had to be in the in the new. She built all of her houses. Um, had the nicest house on the block. Had the nicest ranch. Had the nicest beach house. Like she was. I think she's the one who I can't say that she made him the way he is but she contributed to how he turned out as an adult um his dad is a surgeon very wealthy himself um it's not really his dad but he was adopted at a young age so it for all purposes of the matter he is his dad um he's not close with his dad and he honestly has a He's a mama's boy. Every time he would have an issue, he would go to his mom and be like, mom, can I have some money? Mom, I'll hang out with you. I'll work for you. Things like that. And being around his mom made everything worse. And when he was away from his mom, we were, those are like what I consider the good times. We didn't fight as much. We would go days without arguing, which was Awesome, because it really seemed like every day we would argue about something. If I didn't put the pillows on the bed correctly, if I didn't put away his toothbrush, if I didn't put the towels up, it would be something like that that would just go through the whole day of him being pissed at me and me trying to make up for it in some way or another. Um, But back to his relationship with his parents, really weird it's a really weird family dynamic
0: okay so it seems like the relationship between him and his parents whether biological or not was just extremely transactional and so um that's kind of where the Machiavellian trait can manifest um if Dylan thinks that he can only get certain things by acting a certain way or by um treating a certain you know treating someone a certain way kind of um insincere flattery or you know uh, something like that to make make it seem as though he's genuinely interested in whatever this individual has to offer when yeah when in reality he's not um I could definitely see that for sure very interesting um Yeah. What, um, whenever, what about his communication styles, whenever you, you guys were on good terms or like whenever you had something in your life that was going really well for you, like, you know, example, uh, college graduation or, you know, a, you know, you're looking at different forms of employment and it's going really well. People are interested in you, like things like that. Like what was his, you know, how would he act and what was his behavioral portrayment during those good times for you?
1: Okay, so I guess during college, I was an athlete with Juliana. And when I would go on these fencing tournaments, I would be really excited. And I would say, okay, like, I'm going. He would be really mad that I was leaving and, like, didn't talk to me the whole weekend. And when I would come back, I would say, oh, my gosh, like, this is what we did. It was so much fun. I did really well. Or like, I didn't do so well, but I still had fun, he would just downplay it, like, oh, okay, well, this is what I did, this is, like, what I did this weekend without you, and make me feel kind of bad about, like, having fun, I guess, um, I talked about applying to the police department, and he thought that was the worst decision ever, he's like, you don't need to be doing that, you don't need to be, like, thinking like that, and I talked about joining the military oh I don't want to live that military lifestyle I already did that and it wasn't for me like he every time I would talk about something that I would want to do he would just bypass it and be like okay no like you can't do that no I don't want you to do that and it it wasn't fun <laughs> it
0: sucks yeah um it kind of just seems like again um a lot i feel like narcissism was pretty prevalent in that relationship he seems very you know possessive and entitled to your time and entitled to whatever resource you can offer him um and so that just really <laughs> strikes a chord within me i just i don't know i uh i out for and for anyone listening i also personally knew dylan myself um of course obviously platonically as friends um and so the dylan that i knew was very different than the dylan that alex knew and one of the reasons why i reached out to alex was actually because of this um i knew dylan as you know very generous uh very charismatic fun um you know he was just very uh people call it street smart he was just very intelligent when it came to like real estate and cars and things like that and i just thought wow like you know this is a really good guy that she's seeing um when behind the scenes alex would share with me these these stories and i realized that not only was she being manipulated but everyone outside of the relationship was as well and so um how do you think that this relationship made dylan feel like was there do you think that he felt sorry for any of the things that he did or how 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 what can you you know best assess kind of like how you believe his feelings were during all of this
1: um every time he we would argue and it would get really really bad um he would come crying literally that night or the next morning like actual tears i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do that i just love you so much I never would hurt you, stupid things like that, when I knew I knew well, I knew better, but I was like, okay, whatever, he does love me, he takes care of me, but he, he really didn't. Um, he had this idea of what love was, so did I, but his idea was totally different than mine. Do I think he has any remorse or do I think he felt bad or anything no absolutely not because now he's married <laughs> he, oh my god so okay let me let me give you a little story after a month of dating we it was an impulsive trip which is a a sign of i guess um what is that
0: one? the impulsivity yeah the impulsivity um,
1: psychopathy there you go psychopathy and he's like let's go to colorado I was like, you know what? Fine. It's Christmas break. I just turned 21. Let's go. I want to go have fun. He proposed to me on the mountain. I had been <laughs> dating this boy for a month, 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, you silly goose. Like I, I, I like you, but I, I want to see how this goes. Let me graduate college. Well, let's think about it. And the rest of the day on the mountain, he's like in a really bad mood um do you do you mind
0: me asking what year in college were you when this happened I was a sophomore what year was he a junior okay yeah
1: (laughs) um granted I had known him since high school but we had only been intimate dating for a month Mm -hmm. and okay so anyway we after we broke up he was on tinder whatnot I saw him on tinder because obviously I went on tinder too Shout out Tinder, that's how I have my boyfriend now. (laughs) Uh, Best thing that's ever happened to me. And he went on, for my birthday, I went to a concert and I saw him there with this small, short little girl. And then a month later, I see on Facebook, he's with this tall, beautiful girl saying, oh, we're engaged. I'm like, what? How long? We did the calculations and they had only been dating a month. They got engaged and then in January, they got married.
0: Yeah, I I don't remember exactly how Alex stumbled upon this. I just know that ever since um Alex and Dylan broke up, I've been blocked on every form of social media from Dylan, um uh, which I mean again, fine by me, like no qualms here. Um I just again, like I had no idea that this was all going on because again, like I you know, he's not a part of my life and after him and Alex, you know, went se- their separate ways you know, I was best friends with Alex, like I knew Alex before her and Dylan even started dating. So, you know, and when someone explains to me of all of the traumas that they're going through, of course, I'm going to be empathetic. And, you know, take the side where the evidence is proven, you know, substantially proven that this individual is a victim. And so yeah, it's just um...
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have the receipts, I have pictures, I have texts of how he would talk to me, um, I know there's two sides to every story. Well there's technically three. His, hers, and the truth. Yeah. I get it. But I I come with receipts. I come bearing gifts. So bearing um, <laughs> gifts. Yeah, it um I don't know if he's grown as a person with his new wife, his new life. He sure does do a good job of showing how much he loves her and all this poetry stuff that he posts on his Facebook. People send it to me, like, Ooh. asking what the heck is wrong with him. I'm like, I don't know. He was never like this with me. He was never, like... So hmm. when they send it to me, I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you,
0: dude. More uh, more narcissism with the uh, imagery. and Absolutely. The... Oh, the I don't like that. the pictures, the... Oof. Ugh, it's awful. It's just, again, it's just like a... I feel like it's almost, you know, with his... Again, with his relationship impulsivity, which that's not necessarily... Um, depending on the degree of your, and the recklessness of your impulsivity, that that doesn't necessarily mean that this individual is experiencing traits of psychopathy. Um, the dark triad and all of the traits are a spectrum. We all experience these traits and possess them. What defines an individual as a dark personality is to the degree that they experience these traits on the spectrum. So... It does sound like Dylan is highly narcissistic with some some Machiavellian mixed in there. Um, but the, uh, the his impulsivity and his recklessness tend to be with, at least consistent in his relationships, which, again, not really thinking things through and kind of, um, I mean, not really thinking about the individual who you're, you know, when you are trying to make a life with someone and you're not, and, you know, you want to, Uh, you know become one in marriage and you know start a family blah 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 I mean if that individual isn't ready for it and like maybe she was I mean maybe their relationship is good now I pray it is um but I mean getting out of a three-year relationship and then all of a sudden getting into a marriage like a couple months later after one month of dating it kind of begs the question of what was kind of like, was she forced into this or, um, you know, did she feel like she had to do it? Did she feel like gaslit into it? Did she feel, um, you know, it's just, it feels like everything in his romantic life is kind of on his terms, which again, that is a big, um, that's a big, uh, I feel like red flag with, uh, psychopathy because again like it's you're not thinking about how other people are feeling you're very callous in your actions your emotions things like that um and so of course well he could not necessarily be um he could not necessarily experience psychopathy uh, it's definitely of course again on the spectrum and so um yeah it's just uh so again alex um this is kind of Um, Again, like a little bit more intimate of a question within your guys' relationship. But when you guys first started to be intimate with each other in bed, who would be more, like, who would you say was the most satisfied? And who would you say was, it was like consistently more satisfied?
1: Oh, him 100% of the time. It, I don't know. When I look back at it, there were a lot of times where I didn't want to be sexually intimate with him, and I would just finally say, you know what, fine, whatever, to get him to Oof. shut up, to get him to stop talking, to get him to stop nagging me, and it was always on his terms. I, honestly, I can say I never initiated a sexual encounter, mm-hmm. never, because I really don't think I was all that sexually attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a bigger girl I'm 165 pounds five feet five inches and he's six four six five maybe 150 pounds like he's a tall skinny boy (laughs) and that's usually not what I go for but he was just again so charming and charismatic and just put on this facade for me when we first started dating the imagery yeah and yeah I just I never initiated any sexual encounter I can say that 100 percent full honesty I
0: never so did. everything was on his terms and without your not necessarily without your consent but you were uh i guess coerced which again for anyone listening that is not consent um i get that now i yeah. understand that
1: now back then did not realize that yeah and
0: i mean and i mean again like going back to sort of um the introduction when i was saying that these individuals don't necessarily prey on weak people they prey on people who are susceptible and um again with um i know that even before dylan alex has had uh previously um other unhealthy relationships and so when an individual is wounded and you know they see this individual who looks like a knight in shining armor that makes them even more susceptible to things like that and so um again it's uh, Alex, it's not your fault. <laughs> no, I know. Um, you know, it's just, and, you know, this is, of course, a hard thing to talk about. And so, you know, I really do appreciate Alex being here. But, um, uh, I, and, like, again, like, on the topic of satisfaction in your overall relationship, even emotionally, like, were either of you satisfied? Or, you know, who would you kind of pinpoint as more satisfied, I guess? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. I honestly don't think either of us really were emotionally satisfied um I would you know I would call you crying yeah all the time I would call my two other guy friends like he hit me again he put his hands on me again just sobbing crying on my way to school and I don't get me wrong there were really really good days where we were both happy I see I say days there were never any good months it was all it was all a mess um it happens but uh, I maybe I want to say me like because I had someone to take care of I had someone to like nurture I guess I have that mother motherly yeah, personality. like provide for kind of I, guess, I need or... that I need something to do like I need to take care of something and yeah
0: I think that satisfied me having mm-hmm. to That satisfied your need, though. Right. Yeah. Um, Um, Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Do you believe that, like, you know, outside of, again, like, your um, sexual intimacy that Dylan was satisfied in any way? Or do you think that... Because, I mean, I do remember during the time when you guys were breaking up, you were more... um, You were already emotionally detached from the relationship. Absolutely. You had tried breaking up with him, and it was just, you know, you guys weren't breaking up unless it was on his terms. Yeah. So... Which, you know, again, <laughs> possessiveness and imagery. Anyhow, um, so uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, when you guys, right before you guys broke up, you were already emotionally detached. And so just, you know, from an outside perspective, I could see you being more emotionally satisfied as you were already pretty much detached um, towards the end of it. But before the end, maybe like, you know, within a year into the relationship or something, like... Would you, like, if you have any memories of that, would you be able to depict levels of happiness, or? No.
1: That last year, none. I, it was bad. Through that whole last year of the relationship, I probably think three or four times I tried to break up with him. I wasn't happy sexually, I wasn't happy emotionally, I wasn't happy physically. Talk about relationship weight gain, that's a real thing. I was so unhappy, I just binge ate. Um, I came 25, almost 30 pounds in that whole relationship and I still haven't lost it, but that's okay. Cause I love my body, po- yes. body positivity, but oh,
0: we'd love to uh, see it.
1: It, I, that whole last year, I really wasn't happy. I wasn't talking to my friends. I talked to you less. Yeah. I talked to my family less. Definitely. Um, but out of his satisfaction, I think he got, some satisfaction because I was taking care of him like his mom always took care of him mm. so I so always, he was
0: getting that from you yeah
1: rather than his mom oh
0: okay yeah that made, that makes a lot of sense you know with him being with you mm-hmm. and still having his mother he would get you know his needs met from two different women in his life versus just one right. if he didn't have you interesting mm-hmm. oh man <laughs> um yeah wow um well you know Alex is now in a really really healthy relationship Oh um, gosh and actually one of is 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 he one of Dylan's
1: friends <laughs> uh, he was one of Dylan's friends yes, they went to high school together and they um even when I was dating Dylan, we would all hang out together and go to the uh, go to a concert and go drink and go to different bars and stuff and I don't know, I always saw him, like, as a friend, and then I, again, I got on Tinder, and we matched, and it, from there, it's history. Yeah. Um, it It's weird being a, in a healthy relationship. I was telling Juliana li- today, like, it's, we don't argue. We don't have any arguments. I, like, argue with me. Pick a fight with me. I want to I be riled up about something, but literally there's, there's nothing that we argue about. There's nothing that I do that makes him uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, another thing that Dylan would do, he would go through my phone. He would have my location. He would say, why are you talking to Juliana? What are you talking to her about? What are you talking to your sister about? What are you talking to your parents about? Go through my phone. Try to, like, get things
0: that just weren't there. Yeah, to try to make an argument out of nothing. Right. Yeah. And um, Yeah, so that's what you're expecting now right, from so your current relationship. Right,
1: I have a lot of guy friends, and my boyfriend, Bur- Bernie, his name is Bernie, knows this, and I'm like, if you want to go through my phone, like, I promise there's nothing going on, and he's like, I, he's your, one of your best friends, you've known him forever, like, why well, I don't need to, a-
0: yeah, like, this That's- is honestly the healthiest relationship I've ever seen Alex in, and, you know, I just, it, it makes me sick, <laughs> it, you know, it makes me so happy, because, like, again, normally, like, you know, what I, you know, I was used to with Dylan in the past, like, her calling me, things like that. And just me, of course, saying like, just please break up with him, just please break up with him, blah, blah, blah. you know, things like that. And, um, I just, uh, I mean, now, of course, I'm very happy, you know, they did break up, I want to say last summer, summer of 2020? Yeah, like April. April, okay, Mm -hmm. oh. Okay, we're on the year anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, uh, I just remember, like, it was, again, it was on Dylan's terms. And, um, during, uh, when COVID first came, um, you know, to the United States and quarantine happened and lockdowns, I remember right, like, I want to say the week that the lockdowns happened, um, Alex and I, we hadn't seen each other in like a really long time. And so, uh, Dylan was an essential worker at the time. And so he was out, you know, working, doing his thing anyway. And so, I had asked Alex, um, cause I hadn't seen her again in forever. <laughs> and so I was like, Hey, like, do you want to hang out? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we were both negative. It was, you know, fine. And she said, yeah, I definitely want to hang out, but Dylan has my location. And so he's going to see that I'm with you and he doesn't want me seeing anyone, you know, during this time. And he, um, but which, you know, you would you would of course think is thoughtful. Um, but with him, it was just a, I, at least again, outside perspective I feel as though he used the lockdown as an excuse to remain even more possessive over you and your whereabouts
1: absolutely I was so yeah. isolated
0: yeah I do remember that oh my gosh yeah and so I remember Alex she changed the location on her <laughs> phone. this was iconic in my opinion um she changed the location on her from her phone to her iPad and so she left her iPad home so if Dylan checked her location the location of her iPad would show up and not her phone oh. And so, and then she came and we hung out for, like, the whole evening. Um, and, you know, we finally got some, like, human interaction. But, um, yeah, I was just, that, I will never forget. That oh always gosh. just left me completely in awe, I remember. and It was,
1: like, my lowest. That was the yeah. lowest thing I've ever done.
0: And I want to say, like, yeah, like, maybe a month after that you guys ended things. Or he just stopped sharing his location with you and you were like, okay, cool. And you guys never spoke again, really. Basically, Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. I still have the, well, I don't
1: think it's on my phone anymore, but the last message I got from him was just a whole bunch of expletives, and uh, I, I really can't say them, can That's I? I don't know. Num, nope. No. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I would say not right now, I guess. Just,
1: just a whole bunch of expletives calling me stupid and worthless, and that was it, and that was the last message I ever received from him, and I tried to send something back. I was blocked, and that was it. I was like, I'm not going to reach out anymore. Yeah, no and point. Then I was blocked, too, yeah. I hadn't seen him in, like, four days. Oh, wow. Yeah, four or five days. And the last, like, five months of our relationship, we did not, we were not intimate at all.
0: Oof. Yeah, it was That's bad. That's tough.
1: It was bad.
0: Um, well, I mean, again, I'm glad that you're, you know, where you are now, and that, you know, we, you've come a long way, and you've, you know, gained some sort of, knowledge in your toolbox of what you know dark personalities are and kind of um you know again how these traits manifest from early on and what they can look like in a romantic relationship so I really appreciate you being here Alex to kind of share this with us and um yeah again just thank you and I'm we're happy for you (laughs) thank you
1: Yeah, I appreciate it I've it's been interesting learning about the dark triad and you explaining it has really helped me realize what I've been through what kind of people I've been dealing with and how many relationships I actually have been in with people that possess these traits which is I don't know telling about what's that telling about me like is that what I look for I don't know but uh, that's you you know
0: I mean that's that's a whole separate topic of you know on when you're on doing the work of your healing journey so I mean you know i again, I know that I'm proud of you and I know that we're thankful for, you know, you being here and sharing your story. So again, thank you so much. And maybe we can bring you on again, but hopefully we don't have to.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, of
0: course.